Uh, it's a cozy uh, Thursday evening here in Toronto, Canada. Can't complain. How's your thing? You're in. It's 105 degrees at 8 p.m. right now. So <laughs> I, I just got back from my son's soccer practice, and we were drenched in sweat. It's it's brutal out here. <laughs> Hope you stay cool. <laughs> yeah, actually, Marty's from Canada also, but um, he was telling me the weather has been crazy where he's from. Marty, how is everything? Yeah. Going with you? I'm uh, jealous that you're in Toronto. I don't know if you guys got any of that storm today, but where I live in Ottawa, all the major intersections connected to my neighborhood got completely flooded. People, oh, people's no. basements got flooded and people lost their cars. And it was pretty mind-boggling. I've never really seen that happen to this extent anyway. And um, I lost power. Um, there was even grocery stores that flooded because the pipes were bursting underneath uh, and sewer lids were flying off. It was like pressure cookers underground and the sewage system. And yeah, it was just absolute madness. So I'm just happy my my car and house didn't get damaged, but thoughts and prayers go to all the families affected by that. I hate seeing that stuff. Sorry to hear that, man. Holy shit. Yeah, it's crazy too because... Um, you're pretty close, you know, you're only four or five hours away, roughly. And the fact that uh, other places in Ontario didn't get hit as bad or at all, you know, the weather is uh, quite wild here. That's insane. That, that is insane. Yeah. Hope you guys are hoping your family are safe. Yeah. Thank you, man. I, I'll probably share some images and stuff because it's pretty surreal to see here. But anyway, other than that, I'm doing good. And Look forward to the show. <laughs> Good transition. <laughs> oh, man. So um, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit um, and tell us how you pronounce your name exactly. I don't want to mess it up. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, hey, everyone. Uh, great to be here with Cosmos Spaces. My name is Vivek uh, Vivian and then uh, tried saying my not pronouncing my last name. I, I'll give out some... Uh, some some crypto for whoever can <laughs> um, yeah um, yeah so my name is Vivek uh, grew up in Toronto uh, Canada studied computer science at McMaster uh, di- and then I actually was fortunate enough to join Apple's uh, wireless software engineering team in California back in 2014 um, where I worked at uh, on wireless encryption protocols uh, and software development for AirDrop AirPlay essentially anything wireless is kind of what I was, what I was involved in. Uh, I also did start my MBA out in California at Santa Clara. Uh, actually ended up dropping out in my second year to go full time and, and really take swing to the next level. And so it's been a, it's been an absolute ride uh, for the last couple of years now as we've been kind of heads down uh, building building swing. Man, I just have to thank you because I love my airdrop. <laughs> <laughs> 
That is a is a lifesaver whenever there's a horrible reception and you got to send something to someone. Like I, I love it. So that's awesome that you got to work with that. You know, it was a running joke for the longest time because back in 2015, uh, I would say even early 2016, airdrop never worked. And so like we would just joke around with each other and say, hey, why don't you airdrop that to me? And we just knew it wasn't going to work. <laughs> and so then we actually uh, went, through, went through an entire redesign of the entire protocol. Uh, like top to bottom and, and and rethought like how we think about like discovery of like users like airdrop does some really cool stuff where like even before you even tap on the user to send a file it's already sending it to that user because it's predicting that you're probably gonna tap your buddy and send it to your buddy and so when you when you actually select your friend it's already sent like 40 percent of the file already and it just completes the rest of it really quickly and that's why it looks like the image of it you know completing really fast but yeah there's like some magic behind it for sure that's been built into it that is, yeah, that, that's pretty cool that you guys, you know, saw that it wasn't working properly and they went back <laughs> to the drawing board. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I'm going to be honest here. I didn't know much about Swing um, whenever you guys, you know, approached us, thanks to Trudy. And so um, why don't you tell us a little bit about Swing? I'm sure a lot of people here aren't familiar with it. So I'd love, you know, this to get a chance to to let people know what Swing's all about. For sure. For sure. Um so Swing, we it really kind of came about. So Swing actually, before it was called Swing, it was actually called Poker Switch, uh, and and the way that this kind of kicked off was that we were kind of looking at, we were looking at the cross chain space back in 2019, 2020. Uh, it, it was super boring then, you know. Today, I think it's a it's a lot lot more, much more of a sexy topic to when you think about cross chain. But we were looking at, uh, you know, a, a key problem, a research problem around, you know, why were we not able to swap. Polkadot for ETH or ETH for Polkadot in a decentralized way. The only way to do it was to go through a centralized exchange. And so me and my, a few of our friends in Silicon Valley, we were, we were thinking about how we can tackle this problem and, and seeing if there's a way to kind of create a, a way to connect these two liquidity silos, Ethereum and Polkadot at the time. And so we actually went to work and kind of put together an early implementation of a way to kind of move wrapped assets from one chain to the other. Uh, and then actually looked at building an, inter an interface so we can actually enable trading of any token on Ethereum for any token on Polkadot at the time. Um, that that journey started off with those two ecosystems. And within months, we kind of expanded to uh, supporting 20 plus blockchains. And so today, Swing, um, I mean, it's crazy to think how quickly we've uh, we've moved and how quickly the markets also have moved as well. Um, Swing is a, is a unified solution for cross-chain liquidity and bridge aggregation. Uh, the TLDR for what that means is we essentially help teams uh, get access to non-custodial cross-chain token swaps, bridging, and staking for uh, a wide range of crypto assets. So you can perform any token to any token swaps or staking or bridging irrespective of the underlying blockchain. You just tell us, hey, I have token A on blockchain A and I want to get to token B on blockchain B and Swing will do its magic to find the best routes and the best liquidity sources to make that happen. Man, you guys uh, sound like some pretty smart dudes to make all these things happen. Uh, I'm just curious, um, is it built on Ethereum? Is it built on Cosmos SDK? Like, what did you guys build Swing on? Yep. So it's it's built on, essentially, we've, we've deployed smart contracts on every uh, blockchain that we operate on, including Cosmos, including Ethereum. Uh, you could think of us kind of like a DAP layer that lives on top of all these chains. And so we've essentially deployed aggregation contracts uh, uh, across the bridges, but also across uh, Ethereum and Cosmos as well. So even on the Cosmos side, we've 
but using Cosmos SDK, also built, we've also built Cosmosm contracts as well uh, to, perform, to perform cross-chain swaps as well. That's awesome. That, I, I can tell by your terminology, you know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> so um, how, does, how does Swing reduce time to market? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, typically when you think about uh, developers that are, okay, let's say you're, you're a lending protocol on Evmos and you want to go cross-chain. Typically what that entails is you have to find the right liquidity sources on different chains that you want to support. You have to find the different bridges that help you bridge assets over. So let's say, let's say actually, let's, let's take that one step further. So let's say you're on Evmos and you want to, you want to build a cross-chain application from Evmos supporting Polygon, supporting Arbitrum, supporting Solana, for example. To do this today, that we're taught that's we're talking almost two to three bridge integrations there, and individual aggregation of these uh, liquidity sources. Maybe it's Paraswap, maybe it's One Inch, maybe it's Uniswap directly. All of that could take probably weeks to months to do that. Uh, with Swing, you can just integrate one single API and achieve all of that within literally minutes, uh, hours, minutes, depending on what you're trying to achieve. Uh, the biggest thing that we've done is we, we, we've taken care of some of the complexity of, of going cross-chain and staying cross-chain primarily. Uh, you don't have to worry about which bridges take you from A to B. You don't have to worry about what are the, what are the best liquidity sources. We, do kind of, we kind of do all of that computation off-chain and then deliver uh, these results on-chain for developers so they can just hit the ground floor running. Okay, that's that's actually pretty cool because I know people get nervous using bridges. So um, to to take that you know off the plate a little bit, I think is is something that maybe will get people's interest. So how exactly do you guys do that? How do you eliminate bridge maintenance per se? Yeah, yeah, for sure. So I mean, typically, where you know, like in a, in a typical team, if, it, if with in a world without swing, uh, you're you're integrating with these bridges one by one and you're having to maintain these individual bridge connections as well so if a, if a bridge gets hacked for example you're essentially at that mercy of that bridge especially let's say you're 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 a dex and you you've you've connected with a single bridge uh, and that bridge for whatever unforeseen reason has got hacked uh, you're essentially at that mercy of that bridge until you actually figure out how to go into the code you know, disable that bridge, merge, deploy, get the get your application back online. Within that time, you know, depending on whether that's done right away or your developer might be sleeping in the middle of the night, um, your entire protocol is vulnerable and is essentially at, at the mercy of the hack a hacker. Essentially, with Swing, what we've done is we've built this in a modular way where every single bridge connection within Swing you can immediately and easily turn on and off. So you don't actually have to even be a developer to, to build a cross-chain application with, with Swing. You can literally come to our backend, uh, to our Swing platform product and deploy an, a cross-chain application literally just by clicking a few buttons. But now let's say that you have three bridges enabled and bridge B gets hacked. You literally walk into the backend platform. You don't have to be a developer, anybody, any non-technical person can walk into the platform and literally toggle off that bridge or toggle on a different bridge. And so the, 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 we take care of all the maintenance work in the background with, you know, if there's a major vulnerability that happens, we immediately will shut that down globally uh, and, and inform all of our partners right away that, hey, we've just recognized the vulnerability. Uh, we're taking this down for, for a little bit until we figure out what's going on. But it's the ability to also allow our partner base and our customers to, to not have to worry about you know, keeping up with every single bridge and what's the latest development, what's the latest update. Would we take care of all that for the for the for the for the partners? 
they just have to simply integrate and, 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 and uh, just choose which bridges they want to work with and which ones they don't want to work with. So, so you've made me think of two questions. Yep. One, one is, have you had to do that since uh, you've, you've had Swing? Have you had to you know, toggle on that, that switch? And the other one is, do you ever do the toggling automatically? Like, let's say someone is, you know, asleep, and then that happens. Is that something that, that Swing does, or is it like, is it all, all the power, on, you know, on the user? Yeah, great questions. I mean, so the, the way that we've configured the Swing platform product is that uh, it's it's totally up to the user how they want to set up their configuration. And so the, 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 the idea is that we give them all the configuration options. They can pick and choose what's their ideal uh, setup look like and, and literally pick and choose as in just toggle buttons to, to get that set up. Now, we usually have not gone ahead and tried to like force any sort of behavior by turning off a bridge. But unfortunately, recently with the multi-chain breach that happened in June and July, uh, we did have to go in there and, and disable that bridge support across the board and, and be immediately in those type of instances, you know, we're immediately putting out, uh, you know, uh, alerts on our socials, messaging our partners directly as well, letting them know that this is going on. And most, you know, usually most of the time, no one's complaining about that. They're all saying, thank you for doing this. We actually didn't even realize this was happening with the multi-chain effort. Uh, to answer your second question, the, we are looking at some like real time, like kind of smart signaling that we could maybe look at some even like things like looking at certain smart contracts and kind of waiting for certain vulnerabilities. If that happens, we can potentially trigger actions. It's in the product roadmap, but it hasn't really been anything that we've totally solidified just yet. Still early days uh, for something like that. I think, you know, when we talk about doing something in an automated fashion, it has there has to be just cause, yeah, especially because we're we're t- talking about working with our customers and our partners that trust Swing. It's not something that we want to kind of rush into just yet. But uh, it's it's a great question. I mean, uh, we've talked about like a automated security alert system in the past. Um, I think it just it just it has to. We need we we need some more data to figure out like you know what are the right reasons to trigger a bridge on or off, for example. Yeah. yeah. No, and and also like. People, as soon as you start, auto, you know, making things automatic, people start getting nervous. And so I know that's a fine line to walk. That's why I thought it was an interesting question to pose because you just sometimes don't know what the right answer is. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, does it matter? Like, is there liquidity on Swing or does it matter um, if there's liquidity, you know, elsewhere? How, how does that work? Yep. So. Swing itself it has, carries no liquidity. We actually are purely a routing service, and so we will tap liquidity across, you know, all the major uh, blockchains. But you know, all the major aggregators like One Inch and Paraswap, uh, all the major bridges, Seller, Hop, Connects, Axelar, Stargate, uh, Hyphen, you name it, um, across all the major individual deck sources as well. Uniswap, PancakeSwap, QuickSwap, uh, and and typically wherever we can find the best price execution for a particular route is what we would then recommend to uh, to the user via through our API SDK. So we don't actually directly carry liquidity, but we know where the best liquidity typically stands when it comes to a, a particular swap. Let's say, you know, uh, Adam on Evmos to, uh, they want to bridge USDC from Arbitrum to Evmos. How do you make that happen? That's actually a, an actual route that we're working on building right now. Uh, those type of things are the things that we were looking at creating. So, so is it like flexible? Like, does it, does Swing know like okay, this is this would be the cheapest transaction swap, or, or is it just like what you guys see as an average that okay, usually it's this way that works better, so that's the way that we're going to do it, or is it kind of smart in that it knows 
what's the cheapest one at that time? Yep. So we we actually have a couple of different options there that we can provide. Um, usually we we will return like if, if we get a request for a particular type of bridging or swapping, we'll return the top three or four routes that you could potentially take. And so if the if the customer if the developer developer team was like, hey, I just want the one that gives me the most every time. Then mm-hmm. we will return that route. If they opt for, hey, I just want to go with the one that gives me the cheapest gas fees, we could also return that type of route as well. So okay. it's really, it's really kind of up to the developer product team that what how they want to what they're looking for. Sometimes they may want to display three options to their end users as well, and so that's totally possible as well. Uh, but we definitely like to be flexible with how we. Uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that makes sense. I I haven't used like MetaMask's swap too often, but I believe they do something similar where they give you the options of which you know which one do you want to go with. So yep. Um. So that that that's the connection I'm making is just based off what I saw in MetaMask before. So that's pretty cool. Yep. So okay, so I, you're telling me you know all these things that that Swing um, can do, <laughs> but but what has been your mission with Swing? Like what are some of like what are some of Swing's goals and what are some of your personal goals? Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, you know, I, I think we when we really kicked off at Swing, there was a core kind of central goal, and and that was, you know, accessing certain type of, of assets on different chains is full of friction, and so how do we think about creating this frictionless liquidity experience for all crypto assets? Right. Uh, I, when I think of like the end game for where we're headed with Swing. I'm seeing a world of crypto where, you know, it's, there's just a super highway of, of liquidity flying from one place to the other. You know, the, you, I'm sure you've heard these analogies of, you know, these a blockchain is like a country, right? And so, like, it has its own currency, it has its own tribe. Uh, and I, I just certainly agree that is kind of how these blockchains are kind of kind of forming a little tribal in, in, in every single chain. But how do we move liquidity between these different blockchains? How do we get to a point where, you know, users don't even realize that this liquidity that they just tapped was actually coming from a, a chain that uh, an external chain, even though they might be on a Ethereum, but maybe that route was, was, was done this way because they actually got a better price or there are some advantages. If it's a staking liquid staking derivative, maybe we found that there's better yields to be had by going through a, a different chain over the chain they're currently on. And so really a, a, the mission of swing is really to bring this frictionless liquidity experience to all crypto assets. But at the same time, when it comes for, practically speaking, when it comes to developers that are trying to build these crossing applications, which can, which can get become very hairy, uh, how do we make that process super simple, super fast? How do we take away all the kind of legwork around complexities around these, these, ar- these various architecture stacks, uh, competing kind of liquidity uh, silos and sources as well? And so that's really, you know, creating this world of this super highway, I keep saying this, you know, you think about, about like Amazon, the way it works today, there's so much things that are moving around the world. You know, if it needs to get to a destination very fast, it's probably going on the Amazon jet. Uh, if, it, if it can take two or three days, it's going by Amazon ground shipping, right? And so they're able to kind of consolidate uh, the various kind of loads that they have to kind of optimize the end, end user experience for their customers. And so I, I think of us the same way, like, how can we think about getting to a level of scale where... Uh, we create this continuous flowing superhighway of liquidity, just moving between a cosmos, so Ethereum to Arbitrum, Polygon, and back and forth. So, I mean, that, that's I think I think we may not be too far from that to be honest. It might be a couple of years, mm-hmm. but I certainly think we're you know multi-chain and cross-chain is is a, is a theme and a narrative that's going to stay. It's 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 no longer just about Ethereum. It's no longer about a, a single chain. We have sleeping giants like Cosmos that are about to wake up and, and you know have a lot of talent behind. 
these ecosystems as well, which I'd love to dive into afterwards. Yeah. Oh, man, beautifully said, beautifully said. So I know you mentioned that, you know, what gave you the idea to start Swing was you wanted to swap. It was Polkadot, right, with Ethereum? Yep, yep. So so when did you, like, what year was it that you decided to create Swing? Yeah, so Swing kind of came to, okay, so there's a bit of a backstory with how I kind of, <laughs> how I even got into crypto. And I think everybody has their own weird story. Yeah, let's hear it. Let's hear it. <laughs> Um, so the year was, uh, what was it, 2016. Uh, I was still working at Apple at the time. Um, but uh, one of my buddies was kind of tipped me off about, about Bitcoin. And, and he was just telling me, he's like, dude, you may like some of this stuff. I feel like you're like kind of the, one of those weird dudes that would be into these kind of things. And so I actually started digging into the Bitcoin white paper. And, you know, I was hooked. I think just the models, the the, de- the decentralization models, the sovereign models around how crypto and uh, can flourish as a, as kind of this, this decentralized economy, it essentially uh, it, it took me down a rabbit hole like many, where I, I literally just the year twenty seventeen, early twenty seventeen, I didn't even go out go out anymore. I was just staying home, reading white papers, digging into projects. Um, you know, in May twenty seventeen, uh, I was starting to kind of doubt myself, and I was asking myself. Am I drinking the Kool-Aid or or what is the actual impact here of blockchain on the world and like in in and 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 more broadly speaking in with technology? And so I actually just went ahead as a way to kind of validate and figure out, figure this problem out. I started this thing called the Silicon Valley Blockchain Consortium in 2017. And it was really just a way, it was a genuine curiosity just for me to kind of figure out, you know, what were the smartest people in Silicon Valley thinking about blockchain at the time? And so it was still early. Like a lot of my colleagues at Apple, you know, these are some of the smartest guys I've worked with. I would ask them about blockchain and they look at me funny, like, what the heck is the blockchain? And then I would say, do you know what Bitcoin is? And they're like, oh yeah, that thing, yeah, it's a scam. And so then I, then I would I would be there educating them like, you know, during, during the day about what this stuff was. And I think I got a lot of them over to the dark side for sure. But, <laughs> but, um, but during this process, I actually, um, I, I realized that we, we were working on like Ethereum scaling solutions actually initially back in 2017, 2018. We were trying to think about how can we scale Ethereum? You know, it was, it was still doing 13 transactions per second. How do we get it to like thousands? And so Plasma was kind of like a hot narrative at the time. Vitalik and Joseph Puna actually put together a white paper on Plasma. And so we took that white paper, myself and actually the two co-founders of Swing today. Um, we Back then, we took that white paper and we actually implemented one of the first uh, working versions of Plasma running on AWS. And so we were thinking about, okay, how can we create this kind of you know, dy- dynamic scaling system where w- regardless of which application you're running, whether you need, you know, small loads or, or massively large loads, we would be able to kind of handle that for you using Plasma technology. This stuff sounded cool and we actually got a working prototype. I mean, happy to say that we scaled it to 30, 3,400 transactions per second. But the problem was this is 2018 and DeFi was not a thing. And so the teams that we were talking to, trying to get them, you know, to use some of this stuff, they're like, it, we ended up becoming like a consultancy shop. Like it was like every <laughs> every customer wanted a, a, a custom config for their okay. scaling solution, and so it didn't work out. I mean, the the, the you were ahead of your time. <laughs> yeah, we were, we were trying to build a streamlined API, but that definitely wasn't uh, wasn't is not what ended up happening. <laughs> yeah. So that, I mean, that's how we got started with like that thinking process. But then in 2019, 2020, when we saw some of these cross chain challenges. We realized, hey, there is a real opportunity to solve some real problems here, and so, you know, we put together a prototype. We had Arrington Capital lead our seed round, as long with sense of assets, and the rest is history, man. Yeah, yeah. Man, I I'm a little jealous because I was like your your Apple employees that or coworkers, I mean, that 
whenever I heard about Bitcoin, it was just what was in the news. It was, you know, it's a scam. It's using the black market. And so I've never, you know, looked deeper into it. I wish I would. I wish I had been as curious as you are and ran down that rabbit hole a lot earlier than I did. Hey, I mean, cool you did that. <laughs> I mean, hey, I, I certainly wasn't the most social person in 2017, 2018. But uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. So I did have a question. You you mentioned that there's one other co-founder. Was that someone that you just found like because of your passion, or is it someone that you as an old friend like who who is his co-founder of Swing? Yeah, yeah. So it's actually an old friend of mine too. We've been we've been friends for a few years. We we would, we would always hit up these meetup events uh, in Silicon Valley in Sun, in Sunnyvale, and so they had these crypto meetup events, and we would go together to these things, and and that's where we kind of saw some of the early Ethereum challenges that were going on, um, and so my co-founder Sam. Uh, she actually worked at uh, Amazon as well uh, back in the days as well, and so she she then we decided, hey, let's let's build something together. I mean, we built a few different projects before Swing really kind of uh, like we kind of hit found the kind of right timing with Swing, uh, but it was certainly one of those things where honestly we were just doing it for like for fun. We just really enjoyed working together, building stuff, trying to solve some of these like interesting problems, and trying to have a voice in the community. And so the, it, it kind of started with that, and then really turned into something really serious now we're a team of 20 today so it's been it's been a crazy ride for sure man that, that's awesome uh i think marty you were pinging me that you had a question go ahead man yeah no i'm just this has been super interesting to listen to so far i find swing is a very ambitious project so my question was you know achieving interoperability interoperability between 20 plus blockchains is a is a huge task to take on is are there any other teams out there trying to accomplish the same? Do you have any competitors in this space? You know, when we started in 2020, it was, it was a fairly quiet market. Um, I think today there certainly are other competitors in this space, and I think it, it, that the space will continue to have more people enter the, the crossing space. Given the size of this market, I mean, you know, we saw a, a top of one trillion in 2018. We saw a top of three trillion in. Uh, in just just a year, two uh, two years ago, twenty one, twenty two, twenty one, and so I I, I I certainly do expect more and more people to come into this space. I think one thing is that there is real complexity to some of the stuff that we're doing. It's not a straightforward. It's not something you can just copy and paste like a Uniswap to just you know make a new Dex. There's a lot of kind of orchestration that happens behind behind the scenes, and some of the off chain computation work that we're doing as well. I think is very. Uh, some proprietary stuff to that stuff for to some of that work as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are competitors, and you know, uh, I, I like to I like to I always say this that you know I think especially with blockchain, you know, it's not meant to be a zero sum game, and so it, you know if I for for you to win, I don't have to lose. I think we can all win together, and there's certainly a big enough opportunity uh, to make this happen, and all of us to really kind of reap the rewards here of all the hard work we put in. Uh, how long is how long has Swing existed, and how big is the team now? Yep, so we're kind of going around, going on about two and a half years now. Uh, not that long. Uh, the team's about twenty people today, and so uh, I, I kind of have this philosophy of kind of you know have a team of Navy SEALs, heavy hitters that are you know some of our guys do the work of three, four people and come from previous comp- uh, companies like Microsoft and. But prior acquisitions as well, uh, Google, Amazon, Apple, myself, of course, and we also have some other ma- our product manager from one of the top major banks in Canada. I'm sure you you may know RBC as well. She was there for like about seven years. Was able to convince her to come join uh, the dark side and and take on the challenge of building interoperability and cross chain. Um, but yeah, we've it's only been about two and a half years, and uh, we're still 
we're not necessarily hiring at the moment, but we're certainly kind of really doubling down on on some of the use cases that we've we've come across. Uh, that's so funny that you say that. I remember like six years ago, I used to be at work parties and there were some people that worked at a bank and higher up positions and they all laughed at me when I brought up Bitcoin or Ethereum or XRP. <laughs> I was so embarrassed at the time because everybody was just calling me crazy. And anyway, it's, it's funny to think about that in hindsight, you know, but uh, anyway, uh, moving on. What do you think is your proudest accomplishment with Swing so far? Damn, that's a tough one. Um, I mean, first of all, I, I still think we have a lot of work ahead of us. So it's not like anything we've done is, uh, I, I, need, I need to start patting myself on the back for There's so much more to be done. And I think we're just getting started with our vision. But I think, you know, just the fact that we we started with a simple idea of like, why the heck can we not swap DOT for ETH in a decentralized way? And then from that, from going from that to where we are today, where we have a full API SDK product, we have a platform product, we have a widget product, we support interoperability for 20 plus chains. Uh, we're now exploring things like non-EVM networks and, and like Cosmos, like Solana, like MultiverseX. I think the fact that we're, we've finally find, found a certain level of flow as a team, that's my proudest accomplishment. I think with any startup, it, it comes down to the team members. It's all about the team, right? And so you bring on one bad apple and it can totally destroy the ship. And so finding the right players to that as you grow that, that you can bring on and, and that understand the vision and that want to work towards achieving this this frictionless liquidity interoperability vision. Uh, I think that's honestly what I'm truly proud of, truly proud of. And I, now that's, I know that sounds cliche, but that, that really is something that, you know, I talked to my wife about in a position where I'm surrounded by my team members that, that I have today. Hey, Vic, um, now that you mentioned it, just I don't want you, you know, throwing anyone under <laughs> the bus, but just wondering, like, how how hard has it been to find like those those perfect coworkers, you know, to work with? Has it been an easy task, or has it been a challenge? Yeah. So, okay. So I got a little lucky because the first few uh, hires that we made were friends that were very technically savvy. They came from like nine figure exits, and so very very comfortable with building API backend companies and these type of things. Uh, when we actually had to start going out to start hiring uh, for our engineering team, I mean, it was it was in the peak. It was kind of in the peak of the bull market, and so it was a little challenging because you know the, the salary ranges were just kind of through the roof, and so that made it a little challenging in terms of trying to get the right pricing. I mean, I understand some teams may go crazy with their compensation packages, but I try to stay level-headed in terms of how we think about aligning the incentives with like you know effort and long-term vision. Um, it wasn't, it, it wasn't too bad. I mean, we did get lucky. We had, to, we, I, I leveraged a lot of our investors for introductions. I have a fairly vast network as well from California. And so I'd always tap my friends to see if I can convince some of these, uh, some of our tech friends to maybe potentially join. And that worked out for a couple, for a couple of the hires that we made as well. Um, I think it's, you know, it's a different animal depending on what you're trying to hire for, you know, a technical skill versus a, a product skill versus a business development skill, very different beasts. And so, uh, the kind of ways that you go find these candidates, like, you know, typically we, whenever we go through a technical hiring process, we, we have like an assignment that we, after the interview, we, we give them an assignment that they work on that could be like a one week long assignment. And we invite them into a telegram group. We have them all, all of our team members in that same group as well. And, and we're, we're talking to each other. They're asking us questions. We're asking questions. We're answering their questions. And that's really just a part of the test to kind of see like, um, are we getting along? Is there is there culture fit in terms of how we all how we all work together? And so that's been a very great way to kind of filter 
candidates and the ones that actually stuck it through and made it through the entire week of the of the assignment task are still with us today. And so it's, I mean, I, I want to say I got lucky. I don't think it's always straightforward. And I don't think, you know, going forward, it's always going to be as easy or hard, but it's certainly things that, uh, that we were constantly kind of, you know, fine tuning as we kind of learn more and more about candidate hiring. Yeah, that's definitely very fortunate because uh, I'm sure that, you know, there's a lot of protocols out there that can't say the same. So that's, you know, that's really good that it's worked out so well for you. Um, so Obviously, that that part hasn't been as difficult for you. So, what has been more challenging about working on Swing? Yeah, um, I think I think the the challenges that you face uh, building a, a crypto protocol, especially oh my goodness, like crypto protocols are so much uh, are a different animal versus like building a traditional tech company where the rules are kind of laid out for you already. Um, I think the, the the challenges that we faced, you know, they 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 changed as the company grew. So in the early days, it was more about you know uh, finding early team members. It was about kind of putting together a prototype to to convince our investors that we knew what we were doing, uh, to show them that there was the, the the tech that we were building was something that was going to be valuable and meaningful, and there was actually real potential adoption of what we were building. As we kind of uh, went through the fundraising process. Uh, then it, it came about, okay, how do we start scaling our product? How do we think about partnerships? How do we think about building the right use cases for customers? Uh, it, it really came down to sometimes, you know, we'd, we'd, meet up, we'd be meeting like maybe 15, 20 teams on a weekly basis. This is years ago. And sometimes we get these wild requests. And so it was a lot of this juggling act of, you know, are we making the right call? Sometimes you have to say no. And I think saying no is a very challenging thing because it creates this very disgruntled kind of, you know, uh, uh, kind of connection between a, a potential customer that really wanted to maybe work with us, but it was it was it was all about really ruthlessly prioritizing is what I learned uh, in those type of like challenging moments, uh, and you know what I don't regret it. Everything we've done, the decisions we made, I think has put us in a position today where we're we're really ready for takeoff. And so, uh, some we have, we have some ex we have amazing partnerships across the board. Uh, we're finally find, hitting traction, and we have adoption of some of our products as well. Uh, now it's more like. As a founder, you know, in the early days as a founder, you're kind of running around saying, you know, telling your team to do this and, hey, hey, focus on this and, hey, now focus on that and kind of running back and forth. But as you kind of grow, even to a size of 20, uh, you know, we, the processes start getting put in place. You know, it's not as uh, I'm not as, you know, directly speaking to some of my team members every day anymore. It might be maybe once or twice a week because there's so many things going on. And so I think the the challenging the challenging piece of. Uh, me not, you know, being involved in every piece. I think it's just something as a founder, you know, with, with your baby, you want to be kind of always kind of on top <laughs> of it. I know, Eric, you could speak to this with, uh, I think you said four kids. Is that right? Yeah, four yeah, kids. Yeah, so. So, so, you know, my wife has to trust me. <laughs> she can't be with them all. So I have to be trusted. So she knows exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I think it's definitely like some of those, uh, like the, the growth challenges, I think. I mean, I I totally embrace it. I'm totally I'm I'm here for it. But uh, there certainly are cha challenges, like different levels of challenges as the company uh, scales now as well. So yeah, I mean, I, I can't really put a pin on this and say there was like one most challenging thing about Swing. I mean, sure, work life balance is always kind of in the shitter a little bit. That that's always kind of a a, a hard thing to do. Uh, my wife is also yeah. my wife is also pregnant. We're expecting next month, and so you know she's. Oh, man, congratulations! Thank you, thank you, thank you, and so yeah, congratulations, man. Thank wow. you, thank you, appreciate it. Uh, and so, like, even balancing, you know, keeping the family happy, keeping the team happy, it's all it's all a juggling act. But it's a, it's an exciting challenge, man. Honestly, to be working on. 
So what kind of crypto name are you going to name the baby? <laughs> Satoshi, come on. <laughs> even a question? <laughs> That's awesome. So 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 tell me um I know we haven't really we've talked about like partnerships and you know other protocols you're working with. Yep. But how how hard has it been like how strong is your community? I know we're in a bear market right now. Has has that been tough? Is that something you're focused on at all right now or is that something you're you know, looking for in the future, um, just because I'm not so familiar with Swing, I don't know how strong community is. So curious to see your take on that. Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's funny because uh, there's like, especially with the community, there's like different levels to this, right? Like in the in, in the peak bear, bull market, you know, the community is just raging. Uh, in the bear market, we start seeing different behaviors uh, of like different uh, of members, you know, like of how the, the community starts dwindling in general across the board, not just for not, not for our community in general, but I think what we with we've kind of had a we were fortunate that even early on while we were building Swing, what we did is we actually brought in a lot of our community members as beta testers of our products, and so uh, they would we had some of the most passionate dudes come on, and you know they would just be providing us test results, kind of giving us feedback, being like an extension of our product team early on, which helped us kind of shape uh, what the product is today. And those those members are still in our Discord, actively chatting. Still providing, we still have regular meetings with some of these uh, some of these members. A few of those member, community members have actually joined us as community leads for our our socials and for our for our uh, Discord channels as well. And so, uh, I think community wise, you know, we're, we're we're sitting pretty strong on on, on Twitter. We have about twenty four thousand plus followers there. Uh, Discord's pretty busy as well. Um, but because Swing Swing used to be a B two C product, and so but we had a strong focus on retail when we started, but. We, we've now moved completely, pivoted completely to a B2B product because we've realized a lot of teams were like, hey, how can I use your widget and put it into my product? And so we fully have moved to a B2B product. And so the community that we that we see now is really the community of partners that, we've, that we're building that are working with us that you, you may see some of them on our website, for example. And so I, I think that community we're still fostering. It's still continuing to grow. It's still early days, I think, for our, for our new, for this new community that we're putting together now. That's beautiful. Yeah, I I didn't realize how how big your your Discord and Twitter were. So that's really great that you guys have been able to you know grow such a strong community. Very awesome. Absolutely, absolutely. So what's you know you you've been knowing about crypto since twenty sixteen. What's been your favorite thing about working in crypto? Favorite thing about working in crypto, the memes. No, I'm joking. Uh, <laughs> um. um you know, I think I think the thing about crypto is that makes it very different. Like working at Apple and 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 kind of working traditional tech. Uh, I used to work at Apple and then before that BlackBerry, uh, and so I saw kind of, you know these guys made beautiful products and they ship beautiful products, but it was a very slow shipping cycle. I think one thing with crypto that I really like is you know you could put something out, you can build something and put it out tomorrow, and you could have a thousand people using it the next day, and so that that speed of adoption. Uh, the, 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 how quickly innovation happens. I mean, innovation can be a double-edged sword in, in crypto as well. I mean, you know, Uniswap put out a beautiful product and they had 40 forks of it, uh, you know, literally in days. So you also have that side of, this, uh, of, the, of the speed of light adoption problem as well. Um, but I think just be, honestly, just, the, just the, the fact of the, the matter that things just happen so quickly in crypto, what happens in crypto in, in, in a month could be years in like traditional tech. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm sure, you know, you, we've all seen the memes where you, we, we say, hey, you know, I'm doing great in crypto and it's, it's supposed to be a 19 year old and the dude has like great hair. 68 years. Yeah. <laughs> Super old man. Yeah. Yeah, we've all seen that meme. That's awesome. So 
I don't know if you're aware of this, but we're called Cosmo Spaces. So we like to, you know, kind of focus <laughs> a little bit on the cosmos. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just wondering, you know, you like I was actually impressed. I was talking to Marty here in, in the back panel and I was like, man, I'm impressed with how many protocols, you know. So um, I'm just wondering, are you collaborating with any teams? Are you partnered with anyone in the cosmos? Absolutely. Absolutely. So a, a big push that we're we're focused on now is. Okay, so you know we do liquidity movement between EVMs and cool. We, we've been doing that for some time, but we're now focused on how do we bring you know Ethereum has fifty billion dollars worth of liquidity locked up in DeFi. How do we help bring some of that liquidity to teams in on, on Cosmos, especially given that Cosmos has you know uh, the shared security model, the IBC model. I think there's a lot of innovation that's already been put in and still being worked on. Uh, I think there's a there's a really big opportunity to kind of help move some of this liquidity over, and so. We're working with teams like Tashi Finance as an example. They're building a lending protocol on Evmos. Uh, and what we're doing with them is we're helping them onboard liquidity from uh, EVM chains, Ethereum, and other chains directly into their protocol on Tashi Finance. And so they will be maintaining pools of liquidity for borrowing and supplying assets. Uh, but let's say, you know, if, if you're on Evmos, the intention is that you need to have uh, you know, Adam or USCC or our Evmos tokens on the Evmos chain already, on that app chain already. Uh, what we do with Swing is that they can actually, their users can tap liquidity from any other chain outside of Evmos and bring it over to Evmos and deposit it directly into Tashi Finance and in a single click. And so uh, the, the the collaboration there is really about how can we ease the process and break down that, fric that, that process full of friction. You know, right now, if you want to move assets from Ethereum to Cosmos, you have to find the right bridge. You got to uh, kick off that transaction. You got to make sure that that transaction doesn't fail or revert. Uh, then once it lands on the Cosmos site, you got to then connect your MetaMask wallet, go to the protocol, then choose the right pool, and then you know deposit and make sure that that process completes as well. Along the way, paying gas fees, of course, along the way. Uh, all of that, we're streamlining that into like a single click experience uh, with with what we call Zaps, Swing Zaps, and so that's kind of some one of the one of the major teams we're working on on the Cosmos side. We've also had some other intermediate uh, conversations with other app chains as well, and we're looking to bring similar functionality to them as well. Uh, but a, a, another close partner of our, ours on the Cosmos ecosystem side is Axelar. Uh, they are one of the major bridges that we build crossing experiences on top of using their general message passing architecture as well. And so uh, I think what Axelar has been doing, they've just been totally, you know, just rocking it from, from the, from the get-go. We, we had the opportunity to go see them in, uh, in Denver as well during their Introp Summit event and uh, Total Rockstars. I think that whole team is just, I think some of those guys are actually studied at University of Toronto as well. The, base, the founders are based out of Boston. Super chill dudes. Uh, I don't know if you've spoken with those guys. Oh, or... man. So you're biased. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely a little biased. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, you early on you mentioned you know like Ethereum being big and then you said that Cosmos was a sleeping giant. So is that truly how you believe? What do you think is so like attractive about Cosmos? Yeah, you know what? So I've always been kind of familiar with Cosmos from like back in the days when we even when we were working on some of the Ethereum scaling solutions. But my co-founder Sam, uh, she's very like OG Cosmos. I mean, she was part of hackathons and. Uh, the Cosmos, she was building for Cosmos uh, hackathons like years ago, 2018, 2019. And so, I, I mean, I say that like that was forever ago, but in crypto land, it, it is a while. In crypto, that was, yeah, that's yeah. times ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, like, she was very bullish on Cosmos from day one. And I think even if you just take a look at the type of teams uh, and the kind of talent that's in the space, you know, Sunny from Osmosis, 
um, uh, Zani from uh, Somali or like uh, ga- the, the Gauntlet dudes as well. I mean, we, I think there's a there's kind of a different level of a uh, different breed of, of of talent that you see in the Cosmos space. And, and no shit on Ethereum. Ethereum has a ton of talent as well. But I think the IBC model and the shared security model that Cosmos has developed, I think, is going to be a game changer. And um, you know, there, there's obviously you know a, a, a big a big group of, of believers in Cosmos, but I think that's going to change in the next cycle. And I, I truly do think that Cosmos has the potential to, you know, capture a lot of liquidity, especially with cross-chain being becoming like a common narrative. Uh, very good chance that it could be, it could potentially be as large as Ethereum, potentially. I mean, I, I might get a lot of shade thrown at me for that one, but uh, th- there's definitely the, 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 sc- the scalability of where Cosmos can go, I think is, it has been kind of established and the teams behind there, if you just look at some of the teams that moved over to Cosmos, Tenderman from other chains, from even Starkware, Starknet, for example, I think it's a testament to kind of, uh, you know, where, where, where Cosmos is headed in the next coming years. I was just curious, out of the 50 plus chains that exist in the ecosystem, do you have a couple or a favorite project to share with us? <laughs> um i mean i don't i don't necessarily have a favorite project if you can ask me what my favorite project is i'm gonna tell you. <laughs> um but um uh, i mean I, I think definitely from a a ui ux perspective uh um let's start with the ethereum chain for example uh matcha you know i think the zero x team the matcha team has done an amazing job with designing their ui ux and how they think about uh, presenting liquidity options and routing options. They were certainly some of our early inspiration when we were thinking about how to build the right user experience. You know, when we're doing when our design team is doing our user user research, Matcha was at the top of that list in terms of how they were thinking about this stuff. Uh, I think newer projects that have been kind of that, that have come around that have really kind of shaken up the space a little bit, Eigenlayer for sure. I think their restaking mechanisms are 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 going to are going to be game changing, especially around shared security as well. I think it's 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 bringing more utility to Ethereum. I think is really cool. Um, on the I think yeah on the, on the Cosmos side, you know, there's also teams like Omniflix that we've seen uh, that are working doing some really cool stuff on the media side. Uh, they also have an NFT marketplace as well that that we've uh, we've interacted with in the past as well. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't say there's any necessarily any one favorite. I think you know, I think everyone is working really hard to to make the crypto protocol come to life and stay alive. And so, especially in this bear market, man, my my heart's with everyone. I mean, we're all going through the same stuff right now. I, I want to give uh, Omniflex a, a shout out. Now that you mentioned them, I see Joe and Tank in, in the audience. They've been working really hard on. <laughs> they've been working really hard on uh, creating NFT Nashville in November. And I know that Omniflix is going to be what they use for purchasing tickets, and Very so cool. it's just it's just cool that you know Omniflix works with the little guys because you know Joe and Tank they're they're really known in the Cosmos, but they're considered little guys whenever we think about other protocols, and they're making it happen on their own without um, any big uh, protocols really giving them money. They're just like totally grassroots making this happen. So just props to Omniflix and props to Tank and and Lil Gaines and Joe for making it happen. Amazing. Did you want to ask the next question, Eric? Or? So, oh, sorry. I was talking and I muted myself. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I, was, I was just wondering. <laughs> yeah, no, I was uh, trying to remember what you said after Omniflix because once you said that, I kind of just focused in on, narrowed in on Omniflix. Did you mention any other chains in Cosmos? No, no, that, I was just, I just, I stopped at Omniflix there. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. And then I cut you off. <laughs> sorry about no, that. No worries, you're fine. Uh, all right, so uh, let's talk about the roadmap for Swing. You know, you guys have done so much in two and a half years. 
is there anything else for you to accomplish? Is there more to the roadmap? Oh man, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. There, there definitely is. Um, I, I think, you know, a, a, a part of being a startup is as we kind of grow and as we speak to customers and as we start building and, and fulfilling certain use cases, we start figuring out what's next. And so a core mission for us is still, you know, making it easy for developers to build cross-chain applications, period. So how can we streamline that process? That's something we're focused on day in, day out. Um, but I think the next kind of step for us on the roadmap is really we have a heavy push into Cosmos. We're going to be supporting multiple app chains in the, in the, in the Cosmos ecosystem. We're looking at finding very interesting liquidity routes. We're talking to validator networks like Harvest. We're talking to different staking validators uh, on the Cosmos ecosystem where we can work with them directly to provide some of these direct staking services from leveraging cross-chain liquidity. So there's kind of a focus around there. Um, but I think more than that as well, in general, we have just kind of a general mandate about you know, onboarding more EVM chains, onboarding more non-EVM chains, uh, Solana, Multiverse, Aptos, Sui, like these are all in the pipeline and things that are that are coming. Um, but I, I, I think really it's, it's also around, you know, when we think about bridges, how do we make that experience around bridges safe? And so we have some mechanisms to mitigate some of that bridge risk, but moving forward, how do we think about what the next phase of cross-chain looks like? And so there's... There's some work that's being done and research work being done to figure out how we can improve the bridging experience across the board, not directly, but via our partners. And so there's some more intimate relationships that we're looking to cultivate with some of our bridge partners uh, as we kind of continue to grow. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's pretty much uh, all I can say for now. There's 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 definitely definitely stay tuned on our socials. You're going to see quite a bit of a quite a big big splash coming in the coming weeks and months for sure. Yeah, make sure guys that you follow him or also follow uh, Marty. Uh, pin some stuff here in the nest that it's from Swing. So make sure you give the protocol a follow as well, so you can keep up to date with the latest and greatest news. Thank you, appreciate that. So, um, I think we we're nearing the end here of our talk. Is there anything else that you'd like to share with the community before we go? Any closing statements? Yeah, for sure. Um... Yeah, definitely. Like you said, if you if you're not following us on on Twitter, follow us at Swing underscore X Y Z. Um, we actually are going to be putting forth a, an on chain proposal uh, to get permission to access to Osmosis. It's part of our plan to go cross chain into into Cosmos. And so, if you're a validator, please reach out directly. Uh, contact me on Twitter. Follow us on Swing. DM us on on Twitter. Um, we'd love to talk to you. We're looking to meet as many players in the space and and really. Uh, build relationships to help us kind of further our plans into the Cosmos ecosystem and bring liquidity from this $40 billion, $50 billion Ethereum ecosystem into Cosmos and vice versa. Uh, but yeah, nothing more than that. It was, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you so much, uh, Eric and Martin, for, for hosting this today. And it was great to talk to you guys. Yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Um, you know, we had our laughs, we had our, our tears talking about Marty and what's going on in Ottawa. Hopefully you're still good, Marty. Oh, yeah, no, no, we're good. <laughs> the storm cleared up in the afternoon and they unclogged most of the uh, sewers that were backed up. And uh, yeah, everything's, thank goodness, pretty much back to normal. So I just hope that anyone that was affected from it isn't uh, struggling too bad. And I'm sure the insurance companies are shit in their pants right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what's the plan when the baby's born? Are we taking time off from crypto or? You know, uh, <laughs> I, I, don't, I mean, uh, I, I've already kind of prepped my wife for this. Uh, you know, I I, I, try, I say this jokingly and hopefully she doesn't hear me. 
I say, hey, my first baby was swing. Don't forget that. You know, this is our second oh, baby. Man. Like, don't you dare. <laughs> so, um, no, I mean, uh, may, may try to take some time off here and there, but we have a lot of things going on. And so, you know, it's just, in a startup, there's no work-life balance. So it's just kind of, you got to make it all work. You know how it is. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that's awesome, is, man. Again, con- is, congrats on the baby. Go ahead, Marty. Oh, I was just going to ask. Uh, yeah, congrats again on the baby. Um, Thank you. Will anybody from the swing team that be at Cosmoverse this year? Potentially, we're still figuring that one out, but maybe, possibly, possibly. Are you guys going get going out there the this year? I plan to. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'll, I'll be out there. So it was definitely meet up if you if you go out there, someone from the team. Absolutely, absolutely. You bet. You bet. Yeah, I would love to meet like minded uh, people in the industry that live close. You know, you're pretty much a stone throws away from me. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks again for your time. That was really fun. I had a great uh, conversation and learned lots. So thanks again for everything. We really appreciate it. Likewise. Thank you so much, guys. Have a great night. You too. Take care, everyone. Take care, everyone. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's just like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, like just inevitably it kind of starts to happen. There's this principle in like Taoism where it's just like the more you fight something, the more like the opposite of what you want, inevitably it kind of starts to happen. Tripping on the bird app, listening to nerds flap, wondering why the fuck my timeline's so cursed. It's like everybody's holding heavy bags in Web3. That's why they can't fly. They just drowning in the bird bath, fishing for some dry powder. Watch how we ignite the tower. Blowing up their bank accounts, forgetting how to fight the power. Y'all don't even realize how deep this shit goes. They preaching open sauce, but don't listen to the code. And now it's mutiny, community uprise. There's no more humility, futility, plus size. Motherfuckers leaking from the wrench down to the bare metal. Which side of the line you bleeding out on when the dust settles? Motherfucking Westside shit, needle and noose Sticking with my armory, Yam, Beto and Bruce Repping psychedelic artistry, believing the truth Like these motherfuckers even need a reason to sue? GM fam Is it really worth all the effort? Is it really worth all the fighting? Is it really worth all the drama? And the answer, I think is a clear no they started using Zoom, now we finna zoom out Teaching all these plebidites what this game's really all about Little baby bitches when they choose to have fits All you're left with is kibble when you lose all them bits And that kibble's just sawdust, this shit is all rust Not a great look, you're what we call all nuts And I for one did not see that coming Cracking open books, yo, that's a lot of money Meanwhile over here rewiring features More critical thinking, less knee jerk More evolution, less shit Preachers pretending to be teachers Y'all just predatory leeches I mean please, just look at the track record A bunch of VC rap fucks Sucking up the cheddar, the recipe is two steps Rinse and repeat, now we all in your butts And we bring in receipts GM fam, have a seat If you're listening to this, my, my plea to you, you would be like don't have, don't, don't have to take a side on it Just say like, is it really, is it really worth this war of attrition? It might cost cost us a lot lot more than than what can be gained by like fighting this to the better end. And sometimes it's better to just like move on. Ten spaces.